podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Hello everybody and welcome to the Premier League Nightclub Podcast. My name is Damon and with me, I have not just Woody, but I also have Sammy and we're on a Zoom call at the moment or Facebook call and honestly, I'm struggling to keep it together already. Sammy, welcome back. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> Woohoo! I've been welcomed Sammy, back. Sammy, six weeks, six week, six week hiatus from the, from the nightclub. Oh, I've been, I've you been, doing? I've been here in spirit. Um, well, you know, I was working for the first few weeks and then got put on leave, which was great. And since then, got I've just head. been watching a lot of TV, in particularly Outer mm. Banks. I found a new love interest there, as I'm sure many teenage boys have as well, if you know what I'm talking about. But apart from that, I've just been trying to Gee, been trying to keep a uh, 23 keep... champion. You're not even a teenager anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I know that's the problem, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sammy, basically, what you're saying is, other than other than being let off, which sorry to hear about, nothing much has changed in your life. Oh no, well, I've been trying to get into the you know a bit of the fitness, which is we're doing a bit of, but I mean, you two are doing that as uh-huh. well. So, I've been trying to keep up with you two on that, which is a bit hard. But no, we're going all right. We're going all right. <laughs> Calm down, mate. You've you've also picked up a new skill, which you've ha- haven't refrained from. Uh... From showing up for the last twenty five <laughs> minutes, and, and Sammy, would you care to enlighten everyone what what that new skill is? Are you referring to my awesome guitar playing, Woody? Well, I re- not, <laughs> I'm not referring to your awesome guitar playing. It's just your guitar playing. Your guitar playing. Yes, <laughs> yes, I have picked up the guitar. So, what, what's in the repertoire? What's the favorite song to play? Well, I, it's a, it's honestly a mix between "Love Story" by Taylor Swift. And you should be sad by Halsey at the moment. I mean, two iconic cut. Can I just say, can I just say, before we started recording, you whipped the guitar out every time we mentioned it. You were playing tunes. You'd ask us if we wanted to hear it and then we'd play it before we even got the chance to answer. Now you've tightened up. You've gone all quiet and you're acting like it's not a big deal. What do you like, mean quiet? Mate, come I'm on, just, mate. Lo- I just called up. myself you've... an awesome guitar player. That's the opposite of being quiet. And you got to be you got to be Dirty Sanchez <laughs> operating. Yeah, I've grown a six work. week mo, and six weeks. It's six bum, weeks. Six weeks of bum fluff. It's not. It's not that impressive, no. But I want to see how long. I want to see how good I can get it. It's actually not doing too badly. 
Well, I mean, I don't think he, it's to be too bad. He sort of look Hispanic, really. Woody, if there's one thing I don't look, it's Hispanic. Well, no, it's not. True. <laughs> 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 All right, let's let's actually get stuck into football, I reckon. <laughs> uh, so enough of that BS ISO chat. Welcome back, Sammy, officially. Let's get stuck into some of the news that we've actually been hit with in the last few days. And that is the French League, League One, uh, has officially been called off by the French Prime Minister after he announced that no sporting events will be held until at least September, uh, which follows the Dutch League being called off on Monday, which, which Damo, we did talk about on the mini, Ep6. Um, what does this mean for the Premier League, really? Oh, we spoke about it with the uh, Eredivisie earlier in the week. I just feel like, again, it's a, you know, the money that these broadcasters have in the UK, it's just so much different to the other leagues. And, you know, it's going to require so much more for the Premier League to be cancelled compared to these other leagues. So I think, again, although very relevant and, um, you know, massive for, for that European league, I still think that uh, the Premier League doesn't really get affected by this decision. And as we said, Woody, June 8 looks likely for the Premier League. Sammy, your thoughts? Well, I think, as you just said, the TV rights and them to the clubs is like, I'm pretty sure, I don't know the exact percentage, but it's one of their biggest revenues. So it's going to take, mm-hmm. if, if, if obviously if the sport cancels, then there's no broadcast, which means that so like a significant, significant chunk of the revenue that these clubs are going to make is... Is going to be gone, which is going to put the, the pressure back onto the fans to continue to to really support the clubs and the owners because it's it's like a it, it has to come back otherwise there's going to be a massive hole in every club's fund, and it's the and it's the small clubs that are going to get burnt more than anything. Bang straight off the press room. Well, Sammy. I did say that FIFA's uh yeah he's on fire early. FIFA's medical uh, committee chairman uh, Michael. Can anyone help me pronounce this last name? To who? Hodge. Hodge. Yeah. How do you get Hodge from there? <laughs> There's a D in front of the H. Well, he <laughs> he says that football should uh, should not be played until at least September uh, to limit the spread of the virus. And you know, obviously, every league is. We've probably come to the conclusion already that every league is going to be different in how they approach it. Some will not award anything. Some will award stuff now, and some will get, will, will play on come June, July. But I think. We should probably just steer away from it because we talk about it every bloody episode at the moment. And what we need to talk about, other than Sam's return, is the third instalment of our Aussies Uncovered segment. Woodrow, do you want to you know, give us a little insight into what we, who are we going to be talking to in about 15 minutes from now? Oof, yes, please. Very much, my man, Damon. It is our third <laughs> Aussies Uncovered, and that is the big bad Cam Devlin. He is the Best, hands down, the best midfielder in the A-League at the moment. One of the young rising stars in Australia. Hopefully, he will be able to make it to the Tokyo 2021 Olympics, which we have full confidence he'll be able to get there in the squad. But like we said, he is the best midfielder in the A-League at the moment. Absolutely huge six months. Came in about just before Christmas, uh, late November, broke into the squad, left the vice captain of the club out of the team, and now he has solidified himself into probably the best XI of the A-League. Like I've said many a time, yes, we are chatting to him. Thanks to Sammy's connection, actually. So this is down to Sammy uh, being an, an absolute master with the connections. So, yeah, it's uh, we're, looking, we're all looking forward to it. We've had this in the pipeline for a few weeks now, and, and we're very, very excited. Yes, we are. Absolutely. I can't wait to talk to Cam. It's a really nice lad, so it'll be great. 
Sammy, this this is massive for you in terms of your import into the podcast. Like, you know, <laughs> it lifts, I reckon it. I reckon it. I reckon it lifts. I reckon it lifts my input from five percent to eight percent of the work. What would you say? I reckon starting it off at five percent was generous, but anyway, <laughs> we'll move on. Well, you got to remember, man. To, uh, I have showed up for the, for what thirty odd weeks. Okay. That is true. Although it's worth noting, the last episode you appeared on, I'm pretty sure we had Steve Wraith on. So yeah, I hope it just correct. doesn't become a thing where you you just jump on when we have special guests on. You got to you got to grind out the football talk as well. So um, well, you know, the, we problem sure I, the problem I the problem I have with that analogy is that there has been no football. So I've just mm. been like leaving it to the to the to the smarter people than me, and then I just come onto the. Back Did you enjoy the minis? Yep, yeah, loved them, mate. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> sweet. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Anyway, that, that's code right, for I didn't listen to any of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, it's like you, you don't, you don't. It's like one of those things. You, you go to an actor; they don't watch their own movies. They don't watch their own stuff. It's, you weren't even gonna, in champ. So how does that apply? You weren't mate. Yeah, but you know, part of the part of the team here, guys. Part of the team. <laughs> Backroom staff. I listen to you two it's enough. Insane. I don't need to listen to you two on Spotify as well. But <laughs> alrighty, Seb. To uh, celebrate your return, I thought we'd uh, we'd kick off with something that we haven't done in quite a while, to be honest. And Woody's usually the one that takes the reins here and and competes with a you know a listener that will come on and, and try to outwit Woody in his knowledge of football, but. Sammy, we thought we'd give you a go with your return in the Premier League nightclub game show. All right, so Sammy, you are relatively aware of how this works? Uh, I might need a quick refresher though, Damon. Yeah, uh, well, thanks, Sammy, because I was going to refresh the people anyway. (laughs) Well, uh, basically, five rounds. Five clues per round. You get one guess. If you get it wrong, the other person gets to listen to the rest of the clues. Uh, there's two rounds of name that player, two na- uh, two name that team, and one name that manager. Uh, your name is your buzzer. I think I've covered all bases there, but if I haven't, I apologise in advance. Are we sort of ready to get this show on the road? I just want to know what what demos dollars. What is, what is what are my odds of winning this versus Woody's? What am I sitting at here? Uh, well, actually, that's actually a good question because I must say that in the past with Woody and our listeners, we've had scorelines of 1-1, 2-1, even a 1-0, I think, at one point. And you, you, you just can't be having that. So I have made them actually a little bit easier for for both of you. So I don't know if that gives Woody just a massive advantage and he's going to get it after two clues or if you'll be able to nail a few. So basically, Sammy, I've got you at about $2.70, $2.60 sort of areas. Outside Are you okay areas. with that? But what's Woody sitting at? Well, I don't know the maths behind it, but it should be about, I don't know, dollar thirty, dollar thirty-five, shouldn't it? That's a waste of money. Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, we ready to get underway? Yeah. Let's do it. First round, name that player. I won one Premier League title in my time in the Premier League. I am Dutch. I scored 95 goals in 150 appearances. Sam, Sam, Sam. Is it Rude Van Nistelrooy? It is. He's <laughs> <laughs> off to a flyer. Gee whiz. Alrighty, oh. Woody, Woody looks stunned. 
on my phone right now. Absolutely stunned. He's going to bounce back. So let's get stuck into the second round of Name That Team. Name That Team? Yeah. We have won the top division seven times. However, we've never won the Premier League. Our captain is English. We have a title-winning player on loan at our club at the moment. Tom Hanks is our biggest, most famous fan. Uh, Nick, Woody. Yes. Is it Villa? Yes, yeah. it is Villa. I was actually going to say Villa. So yeah, one gonna, one. This is, say, this is this is a good contest. Because uh, is it Danny Drinkwater's on loan? So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. And of course, Jack Grealish is the captain. So yeah, yeah. sweet. All right. Name that manager. I am currently in my first season as manager at my current club. My appointment was under somewhat controversial circumstances. As a player, I played for Norwich before heading to Man United where I won three league titles. Prior to the team I currently manage, I have managed many other clubs, some in the Premier League, and some of these include Birmingham, Hull City, and Sunderland. Sam, is it Steve Bruce? It is Steve Bruce. <laughs> the boys are on fire. And the last clue. The last clue was actually I have been described by a Premier League nightclub special guest as someone who specialises in taking teams down and getting them promoted again. So I was actually really annoyed that you boys came in before that clue. I was pretty excited to say that. Anyway, all right, two one to Sammy. Look at me go. Look at me go. Sam, weapon. Round four. Name that player. I have played in the Premier League for two clubs. I have won one Premier League title. This title was won at the club I am currently still at. I am Spanish. Sam. I made the 2000... Sam. Yes. David Villa. I mean, not David Villa, David Silva. Both are wrong. <sighs> David Silva's won more than one league. Yeah, he has. I could He has. Woody, you got two, two clues to listen to here. I made the 2017-18 Premier League team of the season. Last clue, I am a defender, but I am known for my attacking and goal-scoring ability. You said he was Spanish. Mm. You said he was Spanish. Did you say team of the season or team of the year? Team of the season. Premier League team of the season. season. Um... Woody, I'll give you 10 more seconds. I know who it is. 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 No, it's yes, that no. is correct. Is it actually? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, doesn't wait, doesn't that wait, doesn't that uh, wouldn't that apply to Caesar Alspomaquator as well? Could it be either? No, he's won many more than one Premier League. He hasn't made the team of the season since. He what? He made that team of the season. Made it even. I don't think he even made it in when Chelsea last won the league. No, it doesn't matter because Chelsea won the league in fourteen fifteen, and Aspilicueta was in that team, so he has two Premier League titles oh, at least. So, so there you go, Mark. So it's two two. This is the most intense game show we've ever had. Alrighty, last one. Name that team. We were promoted into the Premier League at the end of the seventeen eighteen season. We lost in the semi-finals of the FA Cup last season. We currently have the most draws in the league this season. We have won three top division titles. Wolves. 
Yes, it is the wolf. <laughs> and yes, get some. <laughs> and Woody with the comeback from two one down wins it three two, and that was. I think I, I think I liked how I made them a little bit easier this time round. And to be honest, Sammy, that Marcus Alonso one was really directed at you, and I was expecting you to nail that one because yeah, he's somewhat you your that. man. Yeah, I like him. But I was thinking, I just had, I just, I just had Cesar Aspoquieta in my head. I would, I would. But you said David Silver anyway. <laughs> well, no, because even when, you, even when you, I said don't know. See, no, 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 he said defender after I said that. Oh yeah, that was after. Yeah, but yeah. but I don't know He's why. There. I was just thinking of what cooked me is I, I saw Span- I heard Spanish. I heard won a Premier League title, but I didn't. I f- just fully forgot that Man City won three in a row. So, that's- I, um, <laughs> I tell you what, that that first question, that Van Nistelrooy question, I Damon, I actually thought you were going towards Van Persie because, of course, he only won mm. one league as well with United. Yeah, I randomly. I, I randomly know how many goals Van Nistelrooy has scored because he's spoken about as someone who was so elite yet doesn't really get spoken about as much as he probably should for well, his my, goals like to My game. next two clues... I think, so. Yeah, yeah. Next two clues were I went to Real Madrid after my time in the Premier League and then the oh, last clue was I have an icon card on FIFA. So that probably would have got uh, over the line if you boys hadn't got it yet by that mm. point. So... Without further ado, I think it is time that we head into the reason many probably clicked play on this episode, and that is to get stuck into our third instalment of the Aussies Uncovered segment. We've got Cam Devlin. Woody, do you want to introduce him one more time just to amp up how massive this is for the pod? Yes, Damo, I do. And I had a bit of a ramble for, and I will have another ramble yet again. We have got Cam Devlin coming on, the best midfielder and in the A-League. An absolute superstar. He's younger than us, but boy, he is better than us. Here he is, Cam Devlin. Let's get him on the line. Let's do it. He's described on his Wikipedia page as someone that is often considered the best midfielder of his generation. Cam, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm well, thanks boys. I'm very good. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you. Thank you. So um, how, how's isolation treating you? Because we understand that you're cooped up in the hotel. How's that going? Uh, yeah, it's been pretty full on, to be honest. I've been, um, the past month or so has been a bit of a whirlwind. I um, Obviously with the season, about a month ago, the season's still going ahead. Um, being in Wellington and the boys flying over uh, mm-hmm. to to Sydney to be in isolation, we're, um, we're put up in little... Um, school camp like like places where um we still got to train and all that and we were there for about a week or so and then um found out that the season was postponed and um flew back to New Zealand because my girlfriend was there and we were going to just uh go in lockdown there so uh we were there for two weeks and then um we both decided after two weeks that it was we just wanted to be with our family and needed to come home so mm-hmm. we, we we flew back and yeah we've been in a hotel now in Sydney for for 10 days and um been driving each other a bit crazy, but um, make, <laughs> making the most of it. FIFA's had a bit of a workout, and um, nah, it's been all right so far. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. So with with this sort of uh, the postponement of the season, and obviously everyone being in lockdown right now, how are you supposed? Are you expected to continue to train whilst in your hotel room, or how does that kind of work? And what have you been doing to stay fit? Uh, yeah, well, we, we've been given strength programs from our uh, S and C, and obviously just um like ball work programs from the, the coaching staff, but obviously it's a bit, I'm a bit limited in the hotel. I, um, my dad dropped off 
dropped off some weight. So I've been doing a bit of uh, upper body and lower body stuff. Mm. And um, we've been doing some Zoom calls with, with the team, um, with the staff involved. So I've been around the boys a bit over the phones, been good. And then um, I got a little hallway in my room. So I went for I went for a 5K run yesterday. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's been mayhem. But no, nah, you just got to do what you can do, eh? Yeah, um, can I just say, I reckon every single interview we've done with an Aussie footballer, Woody has asked if they've been playing a lot of FIFA. So I'm glad you got in before he was able to ask the question. Changes the interview structure up a little bit. But what I will ask is, do you rate yourself as a FIFA player and have your skills improved over the time of isolation? I actually... I actually... I don't, I don't like to say it often, but I actually do rate myself a bit as a FIFA player. <laughs> oh, um, and yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, I think I've improved. I've, to be fair, I'm playing like six hours a day, eh? so I'd like to think so anyway. I don't think I've what, got uh, worse. Do you play? Um, do you play Ultimate Team? Is that your game yeah, of choice? Yeah, oh, I play Ultimate Team. But uh, the, when I came in here, I was like, "What's going to kill the most time?" So I started the career mode. And um, I've been playing that the whole time. I've, it's just killed all time. That's all I'm doing it for, to be fair. Have you recruited yourself? Uh, yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you got a potential of 75 on FIFA. So have you, have you got there? Are you sticking yourself in training, like on the career mode, or what's the go? <laughs> I'm 76. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, Libby, I saw him Libby, Libby, Libby Kikachi as well he's, he's nearly at 80 so <laughs> oh, there you go question would it be awkward if your player requested a trade away from your club uh, I'd probably sack him if you, if you try to leave me <laughs> so you're going to sack yourself on your own career mate. <laughs> yeah to be fair if he wants to leave he can go <laughs> is, it, is it quite surreal having yourself on a video game like I can't even imagine what that would be like <laughs> no it's, it's, it actually is pretty cool I was, I was FaceTime with my little brother yesterday because he's done the same thing yeah. um, and no nah, it, it is you don't really think about it when you're playing but then I guess when you do kind of sit back and one of your friends is kind of playing with you or something. It is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, surely, surely, I'm not sure if you, you probably would be all over, all over it, but you can request a pro player card for your ultimate team. Have you done that yet? From, uh, from EA. Is that is that the the special like 99 cards you get? Special 99 cards. Yeah, yeah well, it's, I'm spewing because I, at last year at Sydney FC, I, I played with Mitch Austin. Yeah. And um, he's a bit of a, he, he like, he's pretty full on with the whole FIFA Thing. He like streams himself and on that Twitch or whatever it's called. Yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. He's and he his sister worked in EA, so he oh, he yeah. gets oh, he gets awesome. them all the time. So I was I was uh, he he was giving me like legend cards on Ultimate <laughs> Team and and then I asked him and they said he said um for that ninety nine one and he was like we can they've cut down on it so I, I didn't oh, get to get it a eh? so, oh, no. so <laughs> I, I went so for it eh? <laughs> That's so stiff. I, well, I'm um, steering back to, you know, actual football. And I just want to like touch on where it all sort of started. And, you know, we always talk about on the pod how in 2006, it was probably that World Cup that changed the image of football in Australia forever. Um, we all would have been about eight or nine years old at the time. Where did your love for football start? And was it around then or was it earlier, after? How did it all start? Mine's a bit of a strange one, to be honest. I, I grew up as a kid, I feel like most... Most sports people just love and absolutely anything that had to do with the ball or had to do with running around. I was just always active. And I grew up in a, a rugby league family. 
all my all mm-hmm. like my dad uh that was his dream to play professional rugby league so he kind of embedded that in uh all his like my older brothers and and me as I was going up so I was playing rugby league until I was 12 and mm-hmm. but I only started playing soccer just because I wanted to do some more sport on a Saturday um on when I was 9 I think and then um, when I was 10, I moved over to Canada for a year just with my family. We like swapped, did a teacher exchange like with another family and they didn't have rugby league over there. So I had no choice. I had to play soccer and I played over there and I obviously just because it was just sport, I loved it and um, I made a rep team over there. So when I came back, I had a year off footy and just played soccer and I, I, I did start to actually get a love for the game. So probably at about 11, I started to probably fall in love with the game and actually realized because when I was 12 I made the Sutherland rep team so it was probably around then when I thought oh I might actually have a have a like have a have a good crack at this and and due to my height I knew rugby league was only so limited for me um so yeah it was probably around then but one of my neighbors um when I was growing up um Jordan Hughes he he was a he was football mad soccer mad and he was a Liverpool supporter and he I would always just be out the front with him kicking the ball and he would never play rugby league, so we'd always just be playing soccer. And he probably um, had a big impact in me, uh, like doing like doing well from from the start um, in soccer, and why I did love it so much, and hence why I'm still a Liverpool supporter today. Oh, there you go, Liverpool supporter. Well, we've actually got two boys here, here in Sam and I that did play rugby, and like you, I'm also um, pretty vertically challenged. I'm five seven as well, so <laughs> rugby was never really going to work out for for me. Um, but I guess that, that's like an, an, an interesting segue into the next question because you grew up playing, um, you know, rugby three juniors. Did you, when you first got into football and or soccer, did you ever have any players that you sort of looked up to? Um, because you never really had that idolization, I guess, from a young age. When you did start playing, is there anyone you sort of looked to for inspiration? Um, well, someone from um, my neighbor who, uh, from the start, we would always talk about him and try to base his game around him was Steven Gerrard. So for me, he was probably the first soccer player, that, like footballer that I ever knew, to be honest. And, and yeah, so he, to this day, is my favourite player. Um, I try to base my game a bit around him. And um, in Australia, I kind of just... Because um, that 2006 World Cup was was a, a big, like you said, a big moment for Australian football and probably did change the way that not only that we're looked at as a country from other other countries but as we as people that love the game look at uh, our country itself so that was probably a big moment and the whole Australian team back then which now most of them to be fair are all coaches you kind of just mm-hmm. looked up to them to them as a team um so there were a lot of players in there you know your Timmy Cahills uh your Bresciano's um your Schwartz's your players like that that you you kind of just looked up to as people but my, my number one was uh Stephen Gerrard. So, yeah, obviously a few of those names that you just, um, you know, reeled off like Timmy Cahill and especially Mark Schwartz as well have, have featured a lot in the Premier League during their career. Obviously, Schwartz had a, a huge um, career in the Premier League for, for, I guess, most of his years. Um, but I guess looking at Liverpool, like, do you have any, like, favourite aspects of Liverpool or is there anything? Have you ever been to a game or, um, like, I guess, do you have any moments for any Liverpool-based moments that sort of stick out in your memory? Um, I feel like, especially nowadays, but Liverpool being such a such a, a good team, uh, mm-hmm. I feel like Jurgen Klopp most recently uh, instills the the team the way they play. I guess it, it kind of reminds me a bit of 
myself, like an, an up-tempo, uh, aggressive, aggressive, free-flowing game where they're just, you know, at it, at it, at it for the whole 90 minutes. And I feel like that kind of resembles a bit in myself. I don't like to, you know, they, they always, they're always going into challenges and always just trying to score as many goals as they can. And me as a player, I like a, a game that's not slow tempo or something like that. I like it, you know, fast-paced. And so most recently... Uh, Jurgen Klopp, kind of, I, I love him as a manager, and the, the way the team's playing, it obviously speaks for itself. They're so they're so good to watch. And um, back when Steven Gerrard used to play, um, that season where I don't want to bring it up, everyone knows what what he did. <laughs> but, um, that was season apart. Yeah, yeah, good one. <laughs> um, Sorry, man, I had to. I had to. No, nah, I'm joking. I'm joking. That 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 season. Um, apart from that one moment, probably. Uh, was, was sticks out to me a lot because um, we I think we had a record or something for the most goals scored in the first 20 minutes or or so and it was it was just such a good team you know there were such good players and you know when it was I think it was a bit after Torres but Suarez and players that were just are obviously world class players that you just watch Sturridge, and you just yeah yeah, yeah just, just well. class players and you just watch and you just you can because I was younger you can only dream of you know and it's still now you can only dream of playing in the Premier League and and things like that. And, um, yeah, just w- watching, you know, players like that, that just makes such a difference to you as an individual. is just, it's so inspirational for me personally. I think you'd have to say that Liverpool season, probably in our lifetimes, at least we've never seen a team ride a, a wave of momentum as much as they did. Yeah, but exactly. Right. Someone who else has, you know, gone with the moment momentum is probably yourself over the last six months. It's been a massive six months for you since your debut <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but no players actually had more interceptions, more tackles, touches, or passes. And um, you've made the A-League Team of the Week seven out of a possible ten times. So you've been absolutely killing it. Um, do, you ha- do you have a favorite moment or feeling on the football pitch of your career that just stands out uh, more than any other, whether it be at Wellington or previously? It's uh, a good question, eh? Because you ha- there's just so many small moments that you, know, that you remember. But for me... Uh, what, I've got a few. So my, my favourite moment uh, that I can think of, uh, one of them is when I made my A-League debut. That mm-hmm. was uh, for Sydney FC in the derby. We're up, we're up 2-0 against the Wanderers, obviously. And um, mm-hmm. it was at the SCG in front of, I think it was 35,000 people. And I just remember being on the bench and it was 2-0 and we we're under the pump a bit. And I was thinking, no, he's, gonna, he's not going to put me on. And then when he called my name, it was just so surreal, to be honest. My, I had about... <laughs> 40 people there, my family and my friends in the crowd. And, yeah, that was just a moment that I'll never forget. And obviously one for most footballers, um, scoring your first professional goal um, mm. against Adelaide, that was, yeah, that was so special. I just, I'd love to go back to that feeling, just running away to the crowd and celebrate with the boys and my family after. And that was awesome. And the most recent feeling that I feel like it, it helped me, um, it changed me. And obviously, like you said, I've had um, uh, the, the last six months has been, different for me um, as a player and it was against the Wanderers at uh, Eden Park when I came off the bench when it was when Alex Rufa got injured and it was real unfortunate for us um, and he's a good mate of mine so it was really unfortunate to see and yeah obviously he was such a such an important good player for us but for me I just knew that okay well this is a, my opportunity this is what I've been waiting for kind of thing and when um, Uli De Villa scored the penalty and I think it was at like the 80 Late, late in the 80th minute, and we went off, ran off to the crowd, 
Uh, there was, would have been 15,000 people, which I think was our best crowd at, uh, for Wellington that season and at Eden Park. And we ran off to the crowd. And I think that feeling uh, has stuck by me the whole season, the whole way through the season. And that was just such a special moment for me. And, yeah, I was just running away. I was so happy. And just to, to play 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 a game in my preferred position, it was just such a long time coming. And I feel like when we... Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, yeah. quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. When we won that game, it was like like just a, a weight off my shoulders kind of thing. Yeah, I can definitely imagine. And and obviously coming coming into that team from Sydney FC, where where you had grown up, obviously would would have been a would have been a hard decision to to make the move to a new country and, and all that. But obviously, in the hope of more game time and looking back now, do you, would you have done anything differently? Like, how is it in Wellington and how are you seeing the, the future for uh, for what you're going to be like in the next coming seasons? Yeah, I feel like I feel like uh, decisions are made because at the time you think it was the right thing to do. So for me, when, when I was in a bit of limbo last off-season because I didn't actually have a contract at Sydney FC, I was just kind of, Steve Corica kind of said to me um, to come into training and kind of work, like, show me again that you're worth of a contract. So it was kind of a bit frustrating for me the whole off-season, not knowing, you know, it was kind of the feeling, am I going to be a professional again or, like, what's going to happen? And I hadn't had any contact with um, Ufi, knowing, obviously, he was coming to Wellington. And then it was just one day I'd, I'd been on holidays. I'd, I'd, I'd kind of just been trying to get my mind off it and keep fit. And I was at the gym and my phone my phone rang. And I was I, obviously it was a random number. I had no idea who it was. And it was Ufi. And he kind of just said, um, he basically just said, do you want to come? And my my first instinct was just uh, straight yes. It was I think it was a Tuesday, and I just said yes, of course I do, like of course I do. And that was on a Tuesday, and then um, Sydney FC then came in with a contract straight away, which was just so annoying. And um, <laughs> but I think that was the Tuesday, and I just said to Uffi straight away yes. And I think on the Friday, I'd signed a two year deal, and I landed in Wellington that night. Yeah, that's yeah. So yeah, so well, like I was saying, I think. That decision was kind of, yes, it was so tough. You know, I've never moved, lived out of home. I'm such a homeboy. Um, I love my family and that, that was so hard. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll never look back. I think it was obviously a decision at the time that I thought was the right one. And now, after the season that I've had, I don't, I still don't know how much game time or if any I would have got at Sydney. So, um, yeah, after the season I've had and the success we had, not only for myself, but for the team. We were such a good team, such a good group of boys and, You know, moving out of home, away from, from football was such a good experience for me. And, um, yeah, I, I don't look back on it one one bit of regret. I just uh, am just so excited for what the future holds, to be honest. Um, you, you brought up Uffi um, today. Obviously, he's your current manager at the Phoenix. Um, and, and you've said before that Uffi really, like, uh, grew you as a player. How much do you think his influences has benefited you? Um, obviously, we're seeing it now, but we don't get to see, I guess, as... Um, an Australian supporter base too much behind the scenes. So can you sort of give us a little bit of an insight into what Uffi did for your career? Uffi's um Uffi's a he's a he's a good character, hey. He's he's a he's one of those guys that is very hard and uh very tough on you when you need to be and mm -hmm. I feel like maybe myself a bit more just because 
you know, he's, I've come from Sydney with him. He knows what I can do and he knows what I'm capable of. So if I'm having a bad session or having a bad game or make mistakes, he's, I feel like he's really on me. And as a young player, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, I, I, I feel like some people get kind of beat up if the, the coach is on their back. But for me, I actually thrive off it. I feel like if he's yelling at me, I'll yell back every now and again. But I, I just feel like <laughs> it makes it makes me want to do better because I want to prove him that I'm the right man for the job or, or this. But he personally, he's been uh, he's changed changed my career. He was obviously I got my chance at Sydney FC, but in terms of a proper chance and a start and a, a run of games, he he's the man that that gave me that. So I owe him owe him so much. And the the way I try to repay him is just to perform on the field and be a good person off the field. So. He's re- when when you're playing well, he's 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 so so good and so loving, which obviously young players need. They they, they need the confidence in the, to know in their self that the coach backs them. So he's so good like that, and he's such a good such a good coach. And yeah, for me as a midfielder himself, he had such a good career. I think he spent seven years at Galatasaray. So that's mm. a club that you know, as a kid, you you look up to. Wesley Snyder's been there. They're, they're a class club. Yeah, yeah. He spent seven years there and. As a midfielder, he still he still when he trains with us shows us all up. He's just he's a class act and he's such a good man as well. So for me, I, I'm so thankful to have him as a mentor and as a person in my life that I can, you know, trust and um, yeah, just learn off every single day. And I'm just so thankful for you know everything he's done for me. Well, by the sounds of things, clearly was the uh, correct decision to head to Wellington Phoenix, and you know, statistically, the evidence shows it's it was the right move as well, but. For other young players, maybe a little bit younger than yourself in their teens, if game time was an issue for a player, whether it be amateur level or professional level, what 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 would you recommend for them? Would it be as simple as looking elsewhere, or is there more they can do to influence their you know the path of their career? Yeah, it's actually a really good question to be honest, because it's one of those ones where obviously at Sydney FC I was so comfortable. Um, I wasn't playing as much, but it was such a such a good camaraderie. You're winning every week, so it's not hard to kind of fit in you just train as hard as you can and you know wait for your opportunity but then the other side of it is Wellington at the start of the season I wasn't playing as well so it wasn't one of those ones where you just walk in and play but you just obviously now you look back on it and you're like yeah well obviously I've got more opportunity to play so for younger people I would just say um I feel like game time is the most important thing and but if you asked me this maybe a year ago maybe I would say something different but Mm -hmm. um now having had the game time and now I just feel like uh, I'm a completely different player to what I was because the, the, the a thing with playing youth football and, you know, your MYL, your MPL, sort of lower levels um, with, with younger players, you, you, that's like a kid's, uh, a younger brand of football. But then, you know, when you're playing actual in the A-League or a different professional level with men, you mature so much as a player. You learn things that you can't really explain, but they're just like the little things that you'll go, oh, right, well, I'm versus men, so you can't get away with that sort of thing or you can't do that or you've got to go harder in that challenge. Um, it's the little tiny things that I feel like if there's an opportunity for you to go somewhere where you might not win a trophy or you know you might not win, win player of the year or this sort of thing or whatever, but there's an opportunity for you to get game time, especially being young. Um, not only is it going to improve you as a player um, so, so much, but it's also in the, the shop market for other people to look at. If you're a player who might be better than someone else, but you've played, you know, 20 or 50 less professional games. Um, the one that's played more games is obviously going to be a lot more attractive than the one that hasn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And 
obviously you took the vice captain's spot uh, when he got injured. Um, but I just want to sort of want to touch on the guy that you've played a lot of um, with in the midfield this this season. And that's Matty Steinman. Um, great player in his own regard. And, and considering he's come through the academy in Hamburg in Germany and played a fair bit in Germany, he's still young, still only 25. Do you feel as if um, he, and obviously we've seen it, obviously he compliments your game, but how so do you think that he compliments your game? And also, is there any difference in his approach um, and do you find he brings a different mentality at all to the team and the midfield and, and yourself as well? Yeah, I do. I don't think um, Marty gets the, the credit that he deserves, to be honest. He, um, he, his, his resume kind of speaks for itself. He's Like you said, he's played in Hamburg. He made his Bundesliga debut against Bayern Munich when Pep Guardiola was, was the coach. So that's kind of like, like another thing. It's a dream come true for, for all of us Australians that look on. And him coming over here, he, no, no one really knew much about him, myself included. Um, but the the approach that he brings is is very calm. He doesn't he's not very uh, loud, outspoken. But I feel like his his work on the field kind of speaks for itself. And um, yeah, like I said, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. But me playing next to him, um, obviously when I was coming in, making my my first start and and so on moving forward, I was I was nervous. But having him next to me, who I knew I could trust in it, he doesn't lose the ball at all. And Having his presence and him helping me, saying like, "Emmy, come on, do this, do this." Like, it was just so, so good for me knowing that I had someone like that next to me, and I, it made me feel at ease. And I feel like our partnership um, together just grew and grew and grew. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I feel like um, he helped my game so much by just, he, like I said, his presence, his, his, his calm, his, he's so composed on the ball, and just makes me looking at him on the ball makes me feel at ease when I, when I receive the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And I think he's probably developed in probably one of the best defensive midfielders in the league at the moment, um, or definitely top three. Um, and, and, and he is one man that really um, encapsulates what you guys play in your play style is, is bossing possession. Um, do you think that's something that really works for your game? And it, obviously you've thrived in it, but um, is that your preferred game style is, is just possession-based football? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like um, no player wants to to be chasing the ball around for, for any of the game, to be honest. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, for me personally, if we have the ball, I'm, I'm so much happier. I feel, I do feel, especially now having played uh, a lot more games, I feel so much more comfortable and confident when I'm receiving the ball. And yeah, when, especially the, the style of play that I feel like we, we were playing mm-hmm. was, was so, it was actually enjoyable to play in. Even, even if we were, you know, you lose the ball in dangerous areas, but you're playing a brand of football where, you're actually stepping out onto the pitch on a, on the weekend, and it's actually fun. You actually look forward to it because uh, watching on, even when I watch the games back, and we'll we'll do a moment in a game where one that sticks out the most is the uh, centre goal against Central Coast Mariners um, mm-hmm. in Wellington, where I think every player on the field touched it, maybe bar our goalkeeper, and it was just, it was just so fun. And you you literally walk around walk around um, the pitch with a smile on your face just because you know that. You're playing yeah, yeah. such an attractive, fun style of football. So yeah, for me as a player, I I absolutely love it. I love having the ball as much as I love ratting around and defending, having the ball and you know play, playing passes and it's 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 so much fun and yeah yeah I love it. Well, you you had some kind words just now about a teammate and a teammate of yours had some kind words about you, Stephen Taylor. He um well you know speaking of you know wanting possession wanting the ball I'll quote him here he says he always wants the ball this is about you he always wants the ball always demanding the ball and wants to start the play for us he's everywhere he's like a little Kante so, <laughs> so first of all I just want to ask 
what's it like hearing those words? And also, are those the sort of words that are said behind closed doors or is it just really a media thing? No, it's um, Stevie Taylor's a funny guy, to be honest. And I don't know about you guys, but for me growing up, you know, playing FIFA or watching the Prem, he's, he's a player that, I, he's a household name in my opinion. I feel like he's a, oh, he's course. actually a le- uh, yeah, he's a legend, and um, he's one of those guys where you saw when I signed at Wellington, I was looking forward to meeting him. But he's he's just a normal lad that um, is just he's such a good character and so good for the change room. And yeah, for me to hear words like that from him, um, even the words that he says to me behind closed doors, just encouragement and things that I can do better is is so so good and it just makes you want to just improve and improve because a player like him that I've grown up watching on TV with every day and learn off every day is, is, is so good. And yeah, he does, he does joke around a bit behind closed doors in the change room about the, the Kante, the Kante thing. (laughs) But yeah, no, he, he's unreal. And um, yeah, to hear those words off him, whether he's, whether he's joking or not for me, I find it um, really special to be honest. Unreal to have someone like that say such nice words about you. But looking to the sort of the future now in terms of if we ever get the season back up and running given this sort of whole COVID situation, which we hope, is it possible for Wellington to win their first A-League title this season? And then beyond that, what are your goals for the sort of 2021? Are you looking to make the Olympic team? Or where where, where do you see yourself going? Yeah, it's um it's pretty exciting to be even to be asked that question, can Wellington win their, their first title? Because I feel like at the start of the season, people were tipping us to come last and there were a lot of a lot of people saying that we're, we're a basket case and things like that. And obviously the first four games probably probably showed people that maybe we were. Um, but we, we, were, we were very, even from the start, we were a very young, um, driven, hardworking and very close-knit team. We were, we were all very, very close and very good mates away from football. So it was only we we weren't worried in those first first four games, and obviously as the games went on and went on, um, we kind of proved ourselves. Um, and in my opinion, um, we're probably the most attractive team to watch. Um, that's just my opinion, and I feel like um, yes, I do feel like we could have won the grand final. Um, obviously, there's some there's some tough teams up there. Um, obviously, Sydney are very good, and they're they're however many points clear, so they they they're, they're a good team. Perth were very tough when we versed them, and Obviously, Melbourne City um, are up, up ahead of us at the moment. But I do, we do feel like as a group, 100%, especially as of late towards the end of the – whenever it got postponed, that we, we did have the have the belief that we could have gone all the way and done something special. That's why I feel like we were so disappointed um, when it got on hold, especially after we made the trip to Sydney, um, you know, to isolate away from our families and everything. To that, that was so disappointing. And, yeah, for me – Personally, going into the future, the the Olympics, like you like you just mentioned, is probably been a dream of mine for probably the last since the last Olympics, so probably three years ago or four years ago. Um, so that that's a dream that I I really want to fulfil. I obviously didn't make the qualifying team, and I haven't been in any camps, but I feel like just with hopefully the season gets back and with more with more games, and hopefully I can just prove myself to to be the right man for for a position on that that team would be. You know, a dream, a dream come true. If I get to put an Australian jersey on again any any day, no matter what level you're representing, it's, it's oh, so probably yeah, 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 probably a dream for any any kid yeah. growing up. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a big goal of mine. And uh, another goal is just to I just want the season to start. I just I love playing football. I love playing for Wellington and under Rufi with 
with the group we got. So I just I just want to get back to playing and yeah, like like I said, do something special with the the good team we have. Cool. Uh, we've spoken on this podca- podcast a little bit recently about the conundrum for uh, young Aussie footballers. And we've got some great talent here in Australia that play on home soil. But on the other hand, we do have quite a few that venture off overseas at a young age, um, as our previous guests have. Now, Doro, we're not asking you here if um, you're going to have a big money move to the UK in a couple of months. But from a play growth perspective, with the end goal to be competing in major tournaments for the Socceroos, do you have a view on how, say, 16 to 23-year-olds should be approaching their club football paths? Yeah, it's it's a it's a question that there, in my opinion, isn't really a right answer because, yeah, like you said, there's players that go over at 10, there's players that go over at 18, and there's players that, you know, like Aaron Moy, probably the best soccer that go over at 25. Um, mm-hmm. So there's probably no spot-on answer. But for me, even when I wasn't, when I was playing uh, youth league football for Sydney FC, I think it was a bit over two two years ago. Um, my goal was always to make a name for myself in Australia in the A League and then venture on overseas because. But that's just me because I obviously was twenty years old and hadn't gone overseas yet. So my my goal for myself that I'd always set myself was to make a name for myself in the A League because I feel like if you can if you, if you, if you can do it in the A League and prove yourself in the A League, then you'll get the opportunity to go overseas. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's me personally. But then obviously. If you ask someone else, um, they're going to say, yeah, or I can go over as young as you can because you've got more opportunities, better facilities, this and that. But, but I just feel like if, you, if, if, you're, if you're a good enough player and you've got a good enough attitude, attitude's the main thing. If you've got a good enough attitude and you're willing to do that extra 1% or and work harder than the guy next to you and do everything that you possibly can do to put yourself in the best position to be the best you can be, then whatever path you take will lead you to the path of the end goal, which is, uh, yeah, representing your country and, yeah, playing playing in the Prem. <laughs> yeah, we've seen some of the, probably the best Australian footballers come out of the Premier League as well. We look at the likes of Aaron Moy, of course, um, Matty Ryan, even back way when it was, it was happening um, early 2000s, late 90s with Mark Bosnich as well. You know, he started off at, at Sydney. Um, but I guess... You know, the Premier League is always such a huge thing to get into. And, and as we are a Premier League podcast, we, we like to ask a few quirky questions about the Premier League as well. Um, and of course, in the footballing word, no doubt you would have kept up with the league and, and what Liverpool are doing. So we'll get stuck into a few quirky ones. Um, first one is, can, can you give us your ideal Premier League five-a-side team? And it has to include a keeper. <laughs> It's actually funny. I had to do a Wellington, the medium guy asked me for my all-time five-a-side two days ago. Oh, yeah. So, But it wasn't a current. I'll give you my current prem would be, uh, I'd have Allison in goals. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Allison or Edison. I think I'd have Allison in goals. He's, he's mm-hmm. world-class in my opinion. Uh, my centre-back speaks for himself, Van Dyke. Yeah. Um, are you picking three more Liverpool players as well? Or? Yeah. <laughs> hey, they're pretty good, those two. <laughs> no, I'd have, I'd have De Bruyne um, yep. in midfield with Mane. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yep. And then up top. Um, who would I have up top? Maybe Aguero. Oof. Nice. Or Harry Kane. Are you going to choose? You're going to give us one. Aguero or Kane? 
Aguero. Aguero. Nice. As a deadly looking team. I was going to say, if you chose Harry Kane, he might walk off injured. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, very, very strong team. Bloody expensive, that's for sure. Yeah, I know. They're not cheap these days. <laughs> <laughs> so um, out of, just out of curiosity, what is that all-time Premier League team? No, it wasn't Prem. It was it was all it was all time. Just anything. Oh, time. And I had um, I had Oliver Kahn in goals just because he was an animal. <laughs> and then Can- Cannavaro was my centre back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, Stevie Stevie G. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Messi and R9. Nice. Nice. Very nice. That was that was my one. Question: This is this is a huge debate, and would love to get your opinion here. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. <laughs> <laughs> nah, actually, you know what? I've come around a bit. If two years ago I would have said Messi, but they're just they're. I, I agree with a lot of people that just say there's there's they're just so different. You can't really. Yeah, Messi's just, just such a natural. Really, yeah, it is a eh? Messi's just a freak of nature. He's a naturally just gifted, probably gifted, the most yeah. gifted player we'll ever we'll ever see, and then. Ronaldo. Mm. The, the reason I like Ronaldo so much is he's the definition of hard work, and yeah. that's kind of what I base my game on. So that's why I've come around a bit, a bit more because um, I, I love Ronaldo now, and I've just got nothing but respect for the both of them. I think they're both just freaks. For sure. Good way to look at it. All right. Um, continuing with the Premier League questions, if you could have a two to three hour sit down dinner with one current Premier League player, who would it be, and why? One current Premier League player. Who would it be? Oh, there's too many. This one stumps, <laughs> this one stumps everybody. everybody. <laughs> yeah. Who would I sit down with? Who's a six? Um, uh, actually, no. Uh, for, for Pogba Paul Pogba would be a load of fun, sure. I'm sure. Who? <laughs> really? Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba. He's a ledge. He's a world-class idiot. I'll tell you who I'd sit down with. This is a random one, but I just love him. Trent Alexander-Arnold. Nice. Because because he's young, so I feel like I'd be able to base a lot of my stuff around what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, I feel like he's, in my opinion, the best right back in the world. So it's a bit random, but I'd sit down with him just because he's, yeah, he's a Liverpool Liverpool through and through and... um, I feel like he'd have a lot of advice being a young player to give to me to become better. Fair enough. And uh, just just finally, who is the most famous person you currently have in your contacts? Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> um, let me have a look. You you won't have to call him or anything. Just just wondering. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. We're not going to stitch you up. <laughs> well, I don't know who you class more. Uh, out of Stephen Taylor, Ninko, Sim Deong. I don't know who you'd call more. Some, some big names. I'm happy to take all of them as the answer. To be honest. Mm. In in a, <laughs> in foreigners, put one of those, and then probably Aussies. I don't know, Roski. If I give Stephen Taylor one, that would be the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> give it a whack. Where's oh. it? Where's <laughs> no. Nah. Alrighty, Woody. Uh, I'll, all I can say is, 
this is probably the first time we've spoken to an established A-League player, both on this podcast and probably, you know, in, last, in our lives in, in general. So you're the, you're the most famous person I've got on my phone, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not famous at all. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, mate. Anyone that's pulling home uh, A-League Player of the Month, mate, you're pretty large, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All, all I can say is when you, when you do become massive, just remember the Premier League nightclub. Hey, I will. 100% I will. <laughs> cool. Cool, hey, cool, you, can be, cool. you can be in our, our official A-League ambassador if you want. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, Cam. I uh, just want to say thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure and a half. I hope hope isolation treats you well for the rest and uh, you and your girlfriend don't tear each other's hairs out. Oh, too late. <laughs> I've been in Monopoly before We haven't spoke since <laughs> De- defi- Defining moment in all relationships But thank you very much Cam No no worries boys Thank you so much I really appreciate it That was, that was good fun Awesome all See the you best. mate Anytime boys See you later Have a good one Well boys I think it's safe to say That that was a very Very memorable episode So I will uh Accept your thank yous right now for getting that sorted for you. Shut up, Sam. Mate, I'm not copying that. He, I'm waiting. He was a, he was a byproduct waiting. of all the hard work of, of Damon and I, and you've come along and just said, boys, here's a platter. <laughs> here's a platter with a brand new guest on it, and we made that into an absolutely unbelievable interview. So yeah, that's what Sammy, I do, man. I just, I just give, you, I give you gold on silver platters. All you have to do is just use it. To be fair, to be fair, I must admit, I must admit, Woody, I spoke to you la- last week or two weeks ago about how I potentially tighten up a little during the interviews. But to be fair, I feel like I improved on that particular interview. And it was because of, uh, for one, Sammy's presence. It, it just makes everyone a little bit more up and about. You'd have to agree with that, Woody, would you Would you say? Yeah, I'd say so. I think... Set. Well, I take the pressure <laughs> off you two because everyone just... Everyone sees me as the idiot of the three. So you guys look a lot better when I'm on. I mean, you are an idiot, but I think <laughs> if, if you, if I think we've said this before, but it, it, us three, we're, we're, we're really, when you put us together, we're like an Oreo. We're, Damon, we are the structure on the outside and Sammy's just the, the, the goodness on the inside. The smudge. The smudge. <laughs> the, smudge. <laughs> the, the unhealthy sugary bit. Um, that's yeah. it. So yeah. We're, but but it's required. Yeah, it's a required sugary bit. But you shouldn't yeah. eat too much of it. So basically, exactly. I, I think the moral exactly. of this is we're changing our name to the Premier League Oreo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's where we'll go from now on. So. <laughs> sure, was all right. We need to steer, steer the conversation somewhere else before this gets weird. Woodrup, uh, you and me have been smashing out episodes week to week, sometimes twice a week, for probably a good month now. Uh, of course, no football on. But um, things have sort of got to change a little bit in the in the near future to at least, you know, perhaps June 8. That's the magical date we keep talking about. So, would you tell people what, what's the initial plan for now and moving forward? Well, I guess, Damon, the initial plan would be just to, I guess, take it as it comes and see sort of how um, the season is going to be planned to be continued and, and how it's going to unfold. Because at the end of the day, I, I don't think that it's... Um, it's really uh, something that viewers want to hear is football content every week when there's no football coming out. So I guess we're sort of proposing, and we'd love to hear feedback from everyone that's listening as well. Um, would you be open to or, or accept, you know, um, fortnightly podcasts or, or maybe once... I think, um, 
every few weeks uh, and maybe a special yeah, guest it, every now and then? It might be worth just putting an Instagram poll out. You reckon? Just, well, yeah, just put an Instagram poll out and we can gauge your guys' your guys' opinion if you want if you want to if you want us to keep posting or if you're happy for a less regular post or even if if you're even still listening. Uh, it'll be really, really, really good to really good to get some just a just an input. So if you see that story pop up, please please let us know what you what you're doing by way of the, the options. Of That's not a bad call at all because Woody was very very pleased with the reception we got on the midweek uh, PL nightclub quiz on the Instagram. People seem to really uh, mm. rate that, so that might be a weekly thing, regardless of whether a pod comes out or not. But yeah, with that, it, similar to the quiz. We'll maybe put up put up a poll and you know give us your response. How much Premier League nightclub content do you want in your ears? Yeah, I think that's a good plan because um, definitely I think by uh, maybe engagements alone we, we saw hundreds and hundreds of people um, take part in our uh, Instagram quiz and and we know that if we get the same reception for this poll that will give us a very clear direction of where we need to go in the next in the next few weeks. Sweet. And um, if they want to hit us up on the Insta, Woody, if they missed the first quiz, where can they find us? You can find us on Insta at Premier League Nightclub. And Damon, where can you find us on the Twitter? You can find us on the Twitter at PL Nightclub. And Sammy, can you search us anywhere else? No. Wait, hang on. You can. You can search us on the Facebook. (laughs) I wasn't listening. I was thinking about something else. I thought you guys were talking about my TikTok idea again. But no, yeah, Facebook. Premier League Nightclub on Facebook, guys. Sweet, and we will be there. All right, until next time, boys. It's been a Wait, pleasure I just to want, speak to you. I got one last shout-out. Just just right. shout-out to the real person that got uh, helped us get Jake, uh, Cam on today, and that's his cousin, Jake. So if you're listening, Jake, thank you for that. He told me to give yeah, you a shout-out. Yeah, fair shout-out. So I had to do it. Absolutely. Nah, fair shout-out. Very boy. fair shout-out. Love your work, mate. <laughs> Thanks for keeping Sammy in check at work. As well. yeah. <laughs> he is also my boss, so <laughs> better give that a shout. <laughs> Alrighty, cool. Lads, I'm out of here. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Sammy. Woody, as always, as well. Uh, whether I see you boys next week or next month, uh, I look forward to it. Yes, boys. Thank you very much. Love you. Love your work, Sammy. Enjoyed having you back. And again, thank you for everyone listening. Thank you for booking at the Premier League Nightclub. See you guys. At Capella University, education is as smart as the world around us. With the FlexPath format, you can take classes at your own pace, set your own deadlines, and even leverage your previous experience to move faster. Now that's smart. Learn more at capella.edu. At Capella University, you're in control of your education. With the game-changing FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines and move at your own pace. The faster you move, the more you save. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Sports Social Podcast Network.